0: Oh my God, I'm living in this inner world. Throughout the day of like internal conversations and internal dialogue and emotional responses to all this, which might be a lot of judgment and stress and fear of what other people think of me. And I haven't even noticed.
1: To reaching your goals, my name is Hannah Herbst, and I'm a certified leadership and career coach and a management consultant with an MBA from NYU Stern School of Business. Reaching your goals is a career-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to find out what it takes to reach your goals. We will talk about anything from knowing yourself and leading with purpose to growing your self-confidence or becoming more productive. Whatever it takes to get one step closer to living a fulfilled professional life. My mission is simple, to inspire you to reach your goals, lead with kindness and have some fun along the way very excited about my guest today it's Gary Van Warmadam Gary is the author of MindWorks a practical guide for changing thoughts beliefs and emotions I read his book when I first started coaching and it's one of my favorites in this area of changing thoughts beliefs and emotions it's very insightful practical and deep so I reached out to Gary and he agreed to join me on the show and share his wisdom with us before we jump in let me also share a few more words about Gary back in 1994 Gary began an extensive apprenticeship with Dr. Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements and other best-selling books. His training brought him through transformation of fears, false beliefs, and consciousness. Gary has spent the last 20 years teaching others how to transform their thoughts, emotions, and beliefs that create suffering into a mind that creates happiness. He's educated and experienced as an engineer and brings a common-sense approach to his coaching. And of course, he's also the host of the Awareness and Consciousness podcast. With that, it's time to get started. Gary, it's such an honor to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing great. Thank you. I'm having fun with the technology challenges this morning, so beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for having me here.
1: I'd like to get to know you a little bit better, so I prepared a few rapid-fire questions, short questions, short answers. You ready? What do you mean by short? well relatively short so maybe not 10 minutes (laughs) not 10 minutes okay yeah 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 yeah. i mean it's like one word answers are also a little bit short too short all right
0: somewhere between 10 minutes and one word okay good
1: (laughs) yes assume you have a day of tomorrow with zero professional obligations or personal obligations what would you do what's the weather like sunny
0: I'm going to go kayak and float on the river. Nice. If it's sunny and warm, and then and then and then if that's uh, that's not available, I'll go hiking.
1: I hear a love for nature. Yeah. The last book you read. Uh,
0: last book I finished was uh, Esther Perel, Mating in Captivity, which is a really very uh, smart, insightful author about some of the complexities of relationships and and in there how that kind of our, our sexual satisfactions which she was focused on in the book and how that kind of gets hijacked with old programming beliefs, cultural beliefs, you know, emotions that, uh, and, and just how complex we are as human beings in relationships.
1: How would your clients describe you in one word?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it's funny. I was doing a, uh, they wouldn't describe you this way, but this is something that came up at the last retreat uh, in Mexico for a week, a very intensive kind of focused spiritual transformation week. And one woman who was new came up and she said, you know, I want to come and sit with you. Sat sat right next to me at lunch and said, okay, I, I wanted to tell you, I wanted to come up to you because uh, I was afraid to talk to you. But her 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 coach told us, like, you should go sit with him and talk. And so it's like she challenged herself to sit next to me. And uh, so we had a nice chat and she's like, Oh my god, this was really nice. It's just this was not so as scary as I scary? thought. Scary? <laughs> yes. And so then so, so then one morning you're like, okay, everybody's like, how many of you are scared of me? And and most everybody's hand went up and they're like, I mean, and there's a lot of love and there's a lot of appreciation. But when I when I'm teaching, there's particularly at an event like that or intensity, I have an intensity. I'm there at those kinds of events because I'm like. I'm trying to shake you loose of your stories. And so I do it with a very serious intensity. So intense.
1: And intense is better than scary. I give you that. (laughs) And you're the happiness expert. What picture is coming to mind when you think about happiness?
0: Um, It's a a flow of light up through my body. It showers upward like that.
1: And what is the last text message that you sent?
0: Setting up a time to talk yesterday uh, with a friend of mine I hadn't talked to in a couple years. So it's oh like, nice. yeah, just figure, figuring, it, figuring out the time to talk.
1: What is one thing that we cannot Google about you?
0: What goes on in my inner world? You know, what what's it like on the inside? That's, that's something that I think people be surprised. What is that state of mind? How I look out at things, how I feel about things, you know, which is often a, a state of awe about the world. Or, or laughing about the world or one of the things that's apt is there's no judgments I think would be the, the kind of surprising thing uh, no no kind of voice of criticism criticism is not taking us in the direction we want to go so it's just a lot of wasted energy
1: sounds like you're the best example of your work and we will get there before we do just tell me what is your favorite social media platform
0: my favorite probably youtube does that count? Is that social media?
1: Yeah. Yeah, YouTube. Are you too. What do you do on YouTube? I, I barely ever use it.
0: Figure out how to fix something and, you know, woodwork. I've, I've gone down this rabbit hole lately in a hobby of like, what are they? What are these guys making with their woodworking? How are they making these uh, woodworking things? And, or I've got a home project i got to figure out. I'm like, well, how do I fix my gas fireplace? And so I'm troubleshooting, you know, how to fix something.
1: Okay. Those are the videos I looked at as well. Like the, how to fix something.
0: Yeah. So it's like surprisingly people have this incredible wealth of knowledge. And it's like, like it's, like, it's so much better than reading because I think visually. And so it's like, I could read the words, but I don't know how that tra- those words translate to what part I'm looking at. You know, so somebody shows okay. me, I see it immediately. I get so much more information. So, and you know, to listen to, great interviews with those brilliant people like Esther Perel and just how does she think about things.
1: Who's one of your role models?
0: Well, my mentor for a lot of years, Miguel Ruiz. His understanding, his wisdom, his his what's going on, most people are operating at this kind of level, we call the Matrix at the surface level and their busyness. And I always had a sense when I was a kid and through my life, like Something doesn't quite add up in this world. What's going on here? What's really going on? Why, is, why are people behaving the way they are? It doesn't seem to make sense. And I couldn't even kind of put my finger on what it was that was the issue. And then later in life, getting so busy and making money and I got to provide for myself and trying to make my boss happy, get other people happy and find a right relationship and work out problems. So busy stressing about all those things, you know, which is kind of a symptom of... problem because underneath is like what is our nervous system level at what is our belief system what's our what do we see and what's going on in our inner world that's creating all this stress is what i call a belief system and so miguel just cut through that so clearly
1: what is the best quality in a leader humility say more well
0: we tend to think of humility or being humble as being meek or weak because we think of strength, power, charisma as kind of being the opposite. But humility is actually not this anything to do with weakness or shyness. But a humility is uh, kind of this calm presence where you know as a human being, I'm not worth any more than any other human being. I'm not better than any other human being and I'm not worse than any other human being. Okay. And so what you've what you have with humility is you've taken out these kind of two aspects of the ego mind the I'm better than anybody else. I know more. I should do it all my way kind of arrogance and the, well, I don't know how to do this and I'm not going to figure it out and I'm not that good. And they're better than me. Kind of victimization, self victimization of the belief system, which is really debilitating. And so, but if you have humility, you're like, okay, you probably have some good ideas and you have a unique experience and I want to hear your input. And so if you, if you're familiar with the book, one of my favorite books on business is, uh, good to great Jim Collins. Yeah. 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 And so in good to great, he describes these, some very specific trans transformations that happen within companies. And he, and he, his, him and his research team says, yes, there was an instrumental leader that was the catalyst to this. And he tried to say, well, just cock it up to great leadership. Cock it up to great leadership. And he's like, no, don't. If it's a great leadership, come back to me, his researchers like, why? What is it about these leaders? And they they were generally very quiet CEOs that sat in the back of the room. They didn't have these big launch meetings, you know, and here's the new vision that they came up with by themselves. No. They usually were companies that were having a struggling struggling time. They took over in turmoil, and they didn't have a plan. They didn't feel like they knew everything and had all the answers. What they did is they started really looking around talking to people in the company and says, okay, what's, what do we have? Where do we need to focus our business? What do we need to get rid of? And did it collaboratively by listening and taking the best of what people had and getting rid of what didn't work. And so that kind of humility, then they're like, got clarity. This is the direction where we're going, and these are the people we're going with. They were willing to sit in that uncomfortable, I don't know, state and figure it out. And we we collectively, as a group, don't know yet. Let's do some more research, but this is the right people I want to work with to figure this out. So this is this is a what's called a level five leader, which is very collaborative. And you need humility for that.
1: And last question, what is the best advice you've been given in your personal or your professional life?
0: I don't know if it's the best, but it wants to come to mind. I was 28 years old. I was working in a corporate world. I was completely stifled. I I had been doing the work with Miguel and kind of unraveling my belief systems, fears, needing to be perfect, needing to prove how good I was to other people. And that was all coming apart. And I was like, God, all of these things that I'm trying to go be a success in the world. just stressing, pleasing my boss and being good enough. It's like this no longer works for me. And so I was in this crossroads. It's like internally my world had changed and I was no trying to no longer trying to be the most productive show everybody how good I am and how hard I can work kind of guy. Uh, and I wanted to be happy. But I was like, I should work. I should have a career. I should be responsible and, And so there was a gentleman who worked there, Doug Harlan, who, shout out to Doug if you're still around, but he was, he had been in alcoholic recovery for 25 years. And if you can ever have a chat with somebody who's been, had a drinking problem or addiction and been sober and clean for 25 years, you're talking to somebody who's got this breadth and depth of experience, because not only from their own life of what, how to get out of hardships and how to change your life and what's it really take, I mean they have either been through it and they know a great number of people who've worked through that. And so I was telling him my dilemma. I, was like, I think I need to leave my job, but I don't know what I'm going to go do. And he's like, how old are you? I said, 28. He's like, Yeah. You young enough. you can go screw it up for a good few years and still recover nicely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to have it all figured out right now.
0: And I was like, yeah, I get to go explore and play in life and do something different, try some different things, took took some pressure off. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can go try some different things and still go back and get a corporate job if I want to go do that.
1: I like it. And with that, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you and your life. Would you mind sharing the key milestones that led you to where you are today?
0: The key milestones. Yes. I grew up on a farm with parents from the old country, so I think one of them was uh, a work ethic whether I wanted it that way or not. Again, coming home from school and going out and work in, work in the orchard, you know, go do whatever chores need to be done. So there's kind of this work ethic that, that's necessary as much as you want to be happy and free, you know, it requires a lot of discipline and practice. Meeting Miguel, first, first I decided I, I, well, I was miserable. I was unhappy in relationship. I was unhappy in my job because I had too much work ethic. I was exhausted. And then deciding, okay, that's not working. And this stuff inside my head is having me make decisions that I'm not happy with where I am in my life. And like, I need to figure out what's going on in this decision-making process in my head. And I need to change it because I want to be happy no matter what. And so that clarity of like, that's what I want was a big priority and direction change in my life. And then then I met Miguel and started paying attention to what's going on inside of me in what my thinking that takes me down rabbit holes or tangents of internal conversation. Like it was going nonstop throughout the day that I'm like responses to all this, which might be a lot of judgment and stress and fear of what other people think of me. And I haven't even noticed. And so that realization and decision to clean that up. And then, and then for that part, uh, you know, getting some guidance on at different times, like, okay, now it's time to go hunt fears. What are your fears? It was kind of like, if I looked at it, it was this brilliant path of, okay, fears and then self-importance and then, okay, you need to let go of your judgments from this process. Uh, And now you need to go love more and practice gratitude. But at the time I didn't know that these were great stepping stones to put in order. (laughs) I was just kind of stumbling, like, well, this seems like what's next
1: and just one question Miguel how did you meet him did you was that random or did you look for him
0: um this is pre-internet uh there's no there's no like he uh he'd been a friend of mine from college who had stopped off to visit had been studying with him and taking a trip to Mexico with him uh and so I'd stopped to visit her and she was talking about him like what do you think my life was this is what I just decided my, my life my inside dream is a mess um you think I learned something from this talk he's given? She's like, yeah. So she she kind of tricked me into going. I found out later like this was, a... <laughs> but then I I, I listened to it went and listened to a talk he gave him. It's funny now. I'm sitting I'm sitting there and I'm like uh, it's seven o'clock and he hasn't started yet and he's late and that's irresponsible. And he's wasting all our time. So I'm sitting there you know with all my judgments about him starting late. And that's the state of my mind at the time. But afterwards, kind of going. I, I could learn a lot from him, not really understanding what, what that meant, but just having that feeling. So I kept kicking the tires and going back. Nothing profound happened. Uh, but over time things began to deepen. Because it was it was tough to get stuff through initially to me. You know, so it took a while of just kicking the tires and slowly seeping in because there was a big shell around me of the cloud I was living in so and self-important. So not a lot got through in the beginning, but I, I stuck with it. Cause I'd gone back and was working in the business world while I was doing this work, I then realizing that's not satisfying. What's really satisfying is connecting with people and delivering kind of this, this transformative information and practices and seeing I could do that and that that could be a business. I could make my living doing that. And so all that happened in one moment I'm like I'm going to do that. And so then it was. Okay, let's go. Let's, let's go teach and begin to share and build a life doing that. So that was that was in about two thousand one. At times when it would, it had a big transformation. I was like, okay, is this going to work? You know, and I was like, I had to rethink. Like, okay, I have to remake this business. How am I going to do that? And I said, okay, I have to. I am going to go build an internet presence. I am going to go market through the internet. I am going to go promote it this way. I am going to change how I present this because I was teaching with Miguel. I was teaching as his. Kind of an assistant teacher, he, he had a heart attack, and so his his public appearances mm-hmm. and, the, and the places and the events I would go with him, where I picked up a lot of clients and did follow up workshops, uh, that all stopped. And so I decided, okay, I need to I need to go build a presence out on the internet, and decided to go do that. From okay, let's start. Let's I gotta I gotta go build a new website, but also kind of changed how I wanted to take the message because he came from. It's kind of the shamanic Toltec background, although he what he taught was universal. I mean, the first talk I went to, there was examples from Buddhism and, and a Hindu story and a Christian story, and it was like, well, here's the universal message of all these spiritual traditions about how to get out of suffering. And here's what it means in this one tradition, here's the second tradition, here's the third tradition. I think they're all saying the same thing, which is very different than the comparative religions that said, Oh, here's how they're all different. He was saying, Here, "Here's the fundamental message of like, personal change, how to be happy." So, anyway, so I wanted that fundamental message, but without it being compartmentalized to this this shamanic background, so that it was more accessible and common sense for everybody. So that was that was part of an opportunity to hit more of a mainstream, take take a universal message and common sense message to people. If you took out, you know, like six sentences or six or twelve paragraphs. You know, six or twelve paragraphs that reference his background. All of all most of all of what he says is common sense. Although it's common sense isn't that common.
1: So Going back to my sense, is there anything I'd say over the last few years or is it time for us to jump into topics?
0: Let's jump into topics.
1: What is the main thing that you teach?
0: I like to believe that what I'm trying to teach is for people to love more. But what's in the way of that, the obstacle that's in the way, is their stories. Their mind gets hijacked by judgments, by fears, all of which, and and distractions that have them express those instead of expressing love. You know, it's okay. So it's really simple. It's like how how to be happy is express love. When you're expressing love, you feel joy.
1: It's
0: that simple? It's that simple. However, what gets in the way is what we start expressing is all our thoughts and stories and chatter of our mind from based on our beliefs, hijacking our attention. We express those instead. We express them internally. We express them in our relationship. And then we feel those expressions and we feel fear and we feel stress. and We feel anger and frustration and annoyance and criticism. What's a criticism and rejection? It feels like we feel that. And so then we feel those things. So the simple thing is when I'm teaching people is express love you feel joy and don't believe lies. Don't believe, don't invest in thoughts or beliefs that are false. And that gets a bit tricky because how do you sort of through that? And so in the book, mind works, you know, it's like here, here's the way we get distracted from expressing love and joy and gratitude. Here's a way to hunt them, be aware of them begin to create a gap and, and fully create a gap from them. So you have more space to express love and gratitude.
1: And those fears, I think everybody knows them. How, how do you get hold of your judges and all those inner critics and those voices?
0: I can look at it now and look back and say, here's the, clearly the steps. But when I was facing it, uh, yeah, for, for a long time, I didn't see it. I didn't have any idea that you could be separate from it or get rid of it at all. And so, you know, getting just to those steps is a milestone to to recognize and have this gap. It's like, oh, my God, here is this judgmental part of my mind continually ongoing for my clients. I give specific practices like first you have to create that gap.
1: So is that then going back to creating the awareness to actually hear the voices and making sure it's something that we separate from our, say, inner leader?
0: Yes. You know, so it's the development of consciousness and awareness. You go, Oh, this is my mind chatter. And the practices of the book help do that. Oh, and this is the specific part of the mind chatter. That's the critical voice of the judge. And then it, you start looking at what is it saying and is it making any sense? And if you start to question it, this is the development of skepticism. Once you have that gap and you're viewing it from the point of view and presence of consciousness, you can look at it and kind of go, oh, it's not telling the truth. And when you start to recognize, you have the awareness, it's not telling the truth. This thing that we just automatically believed or believed was us thinking this, oh, that really shouldn't be that way and that's so stupid and they're just screwing it up. Like all that thought that we used to feel came from us. When you develop that awareness, you're like, no, that's a part of my mind. I don't have to live in it. I've got a separation from it. And not only do I I not have to live in it, I'm separate and I don't even have to believe it. I'm like, it's talking nonsense. And so for me, one of those milestones of that judgment shift was, okay, so I get this gap and Miguel gave us an assignment of like how to really watch this judge. And I'm like, and I'm watching it for a while. This ongoing process for the month, he told us to go do this, maybe this longer. And we're watching it in this way. At this point, I developed quite a, big, quite a good gap. And I was like, oh my God, I really like one day watching it just judge and judge and judge. You know, this thing is a troll. It is just ridiculous. And And that kind of awareness came from building though to it and then it was like oh my god this thing is nothing helpful at all it has to go I have no idea how to get rid of it I don't have no idea if I ever will but I have to try
1: and how do you notice that there is a judge voice coming into your mind start
0: writing you know one of the exercises and you have to write as if you're watching a mind that is separate from you and one of the exercises of the book that I that I share, and it's in my online course as well, write about what your mind says as if it's somebody else talking. And so I call it third-person writing. You're like, here's what my mind says. My mind says, oh, it's raining today, and it's a crappy day, and I wish I could go do this, but I can't. Well, then you start seeing that the mind is always using these pronouns, I and me, for instance. I can't do this, and this is bad, and they did this to me, and it's like, well... To step outside the story, you have to drop the pronouns I and me. And so we start using characters. And it's like, well, the victim feels really bad because it's raining and they said this. And it's like, and it's like the mind has these different component parts that are all in here swirling their stories around. And it's as if the it's as if it is the mind talking to itself. So if you sit and you get far enough in awareness and meditation. Which is kind of the slow, passive way. I'm going to sit and wait until I'm, I'm the observer of my mind Okay, could take years. Or you can sit and journal in this third person way and go, "Okay, I've practiced seeing my mind as a as a separate entity, and some now I see it that way." You know, it's like if you ever see those little magic eye things where if you you there's a picture and if you change the focus of your picture, like all of a sudden there's this other image in there. Oh my God, there's something else completely going on here.
1: So I'm realizing, oh, I have this other thing going on. And you said before that, then we should question it and become more skeptic and really see if that voice is talking nonsense or not. And if it talks nonsense and I've understood that, will it just shut up? Or how do I get it to really quiet?
0: Okay, so, and we we know it calls nonsense because we also call it the monkey mind, right? Yes. And okay. so being aware of it, I was like, oh, my God, my mind is talking nonsense or it's crazy. But it's like and here's one of those realizations I came to. And I'm like, it's something I cheer when my clients get there. It's like, I've realized my mind is really crazy. I'm like, good, (laughs) good. Now you're coming into awareness. It's like a whole another level. Right. And this helps with the skepticism and you're operating more from consciousness. Well, then it, it doesn't stop. Been traveling. It, it, it's as if you were sleeping in the back seat of a car. Somebody else is driving. Your mind has been driving all these stories inside, and you and you wake up in the back of the car, right? And your mind's still going eighty miles an hour. And you're like, "Well, this thing's out of control." And this kind of awakening is a kind of awakening to like, "Oh, this is what my mind does, but I don't have control over it yet, and it's still driving eighty miles an hour." And what it then tries to do is this kind of tangent and says, oh, you've noticed me. Let me activate judgment mode. Here's a story where you can be judging the mind, right? And so it's offering us to be judgmental of the mind that's out of control and talking nonsense, right? So it gives us these off ramps. like here, be judgmental of the mind that's talking nonsense, We're still driving 80 miles an hour. You're still in the backseat, but now we're taking you for the judgment detour about the mind. And it's like, oh, poor me. And then it it can offer you this other off ramp that says, oh, you've you've noticed us. (laughs) It's like the mind, you've noticed us. You've become awake and noticed that we're driving you around at 80 miles an hour and putting you in stress and annoyance and frustration and unhappiness. Here, here's a story you can tell about how terrible this is. And we'll just take the victimization off ramp, we're going to drive 80 miles an hour around the victimization loop about how the mind keeps going, right? So it gives us these temptations to tell more stories of nonsense about what the mind is doing. And so you've got to refrain from going, oh, you're offering me that judgmental off ramp, you're offering me the victim's off ramp, you're offering me the anger at it off ramp. You know, so it's, which is always that it still keeps us going and driving us around while we're in the backseat. So no, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. It kind of changed tactics in a way and morphs. So, but there's other things you can go, okay, but I'm here now. And you start to build some willpower and presence and going, I don't have to believe you. And so you start having to, because if you really want it to stop, you have to stop reacting in those off ramp type of ways. And you have to start being skeptical of what it's saying. And that takes a next degree of awareness and take your faith out of it. All this investment of personal power of like this energy of faith. You know, when we really believe something we're committed to that idea or that opinion and we're like, yes, we're invested. And that's true for me. And we have to go, no, that's no longer true for me. And the power and intensity of energy I put into that is like, okay not going to believe that and so we have to get all that power back and then the mind stops
1: so i take off all the opinions that i have and then basically i'm left with my core values that's all there is
0: you're left with your core values and your temperament like what's your nature and goes back to somewhat with wisdom because you've dealt with the mind and you've gotten to the other side of it you gain a lot of wisdom from that but also with the nature of what were we like as a child we're much happier before we put wrapped ourselves up in this cloud of a mind. We're much more playful, much more creative, have a much greater amount of energy. And so we, we have wisdom and a childlike presence and playfulness and enjoyment of life.
1: And because you're mentioning a child, I know that a lot of those beliefs, they start when you are very, very young. As a parent, can you do anything to make sure that your kid is not suffering from, from all those negative beliefs eventually down the road? No. So you will mess them up anyway.
0: <laughs> they're going to acquire beliefs. They're going to create stories in their head. They're going to believe in uh, what you can do. The, the, the best gift you can give them is that you your mind is as clean as possible that you express as much love and presence with them. Okay. Because they're, they're going to absorb that. Okay. And if you have your fear and your anger and that that's going to come out of you and they're going to absorb that. And then they're going to make adaptive strategies to fight against and rebel and hate or fear. Everybody in this world is going to absorb some number of lies and false beliefs. This is kind of the the challenge of being a parent, right? We want our children protected and safe and never to be unhappy and never to experience anything painful. And yet the world's a place where we will experience, you know, stubbing our toe and a broken bone and uh, heartbreak and grief. That's going to happen. You can't protect human beings from that. And, but we can protect them from how big a story do they tell themselves and how long goes on?
1: And you said before that it takes a lot of willpower. How do I build up that willpower that I need to keep my mind clean?
0: It's, it's interesting because I'm I'm teaching an energy course. Uh, I'm doing some live trainings yeah. in the self-mastery community, and I'm going to be doing willpower in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, how to build willpower. Well, let's, let's start with the beginning. With any change process, the first... The first step is awareness. Okay, this is the lay of the land. This is what I'm doing. This is these are the stories I'm telling. This is what it's causing me emotionally to feel pain and annoyance and frustration. Okay. This is possible. You know, sometimes people don't have the joy and happiness it's possible. They're like, Well, that guy's nonsense, you know. Well, six months later, a year later, they're like, Hey, I'm really happy. I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> right? So first it's awareness of like This is the lay of the land. What am I going to do? Like for me, it was awareness. I got some. I got some stories in my head, and it's like causing me to make bad decisions and self sabotage. I want to change this because I want to be happy. Which is the second part is commitment. And commitment is an obstacle because we've been conditioned in our mind. We have to kind of go past the mind says, "Well." It's going to throw in fears and doubt at me Not work and it's a scam and what if it fails and then you feel like a failure and that would be worse. So it offers up this story about why commitment would be bad. And so we shy away from commitment and say, well, let me learn more and let me read some things. Let me read some books. So we're gathering information, but we're not actively making any changes, right? And somebody's going to go read my book and they're like, oh, let me learn more. And they learn more and what they get is knowledge. And knowledge is just a lot of information for our mind to kind of go, well, let's tell more stories about this.
1: You're still not in the action mode yet.
0: Because the mind is still in the driver's seat about what choices to make. And it's still like, oh, now I'm going to tell, I've listened to this guy, Gary, and I read his book, and now I'm going to use the information in his book to tell a judgmental story about what the problem is. I'm going to tell a victim story about what the problem is. Or I'm going to go, oh my God, I have a self-important story. I'm so smart. I understand what's going on now, right? I feel better about myself. Yeah, you're still not in the driver's seat. Okay. So it's the commitment to like, I want this change to happen. And, and that's the action. that's why the, the self-master course online is like, go take this action. The book is the number of practices. Go start journaling this way, third person. And then like, okay, now what you spend journaling this way, and you're kind of got watching your mind, like look for these things and write about them this way. You know, so then I take people into the next step. It's like, okay, now here's what you're going to do with the emotions that you find that were going to come up. Okay, and here's what you're not going to do. So there's a certain set of actions to take uh, that follow that commitment. We, we want this change to happen. It's like, okay, well, how do I get my mind to be quiet? There's a paradigm of how our mind is framing the answer we want. Okay, By that I mean it wants a certain kind of answer. It wants an answer that is knowledge. The kind of answer that can be achieved by reading a book. Oh, I know now. But that's not what we'll do. Knowledge is, is leaving the mind in the driver's seat. It's actually specific actions. Because those actions actually will cause you to do something different. You will build a new neural pathway. And you will have a different part of your brain operating, creating different emotions. That will lead you to feel something different. So actually, you know, this is this is the neuroplasticity of the brain coming into play. It's like you have to build new neural pathways. And that comes from new experiences, and new experiences come from a different action.
1: Say so if I have the idea of founding a business and I have doubts, the doubts are there for sure. They will be there even as like once you've started it. Probably you will not feel confident before you've done it, but it's like once you get started, the confidence comes with doing. Yes. So I guess then that's also the way on how you can work with your mind in like really pushing yourself to go after whatever it is that you want.
0: Yes. As I was starting my business, oh, I had a number of thoughts and doubts and conversations about, is this going to work? Should I keep doing this? You know, I put this, I put this self-mastery program online. I'm like, I know I've done this process with my clients. This, okay. You're going to do this practice, this practice, this practice, they're going to build. I'm like, this is, this is life-changing for people. I'd seen the results. I knew the order of the practices and the timing. This is going to be life-changing for people. I put it online and nothing happened. You know, it's like hardly hardly any sales. So I make 100 or $200 a month. And I'm like, okay, well, mm, what's the next thing I got to figure out? Oh, I got to get people to listen and believe this. And so I started writing articles. And I'm like, okay, that got a little more sales, a few hundred dollars a month. Yeah, but that's not giving people the richer content. I'm going to start doing podcasts. Do I know it'll work? No. Do I decide that I'm going to try? Yes. And like, let's see what happened. And so I I believed it was possible. It could. I didn't know it for sure, but it could. I had enough faith to go, I'm going to try it. To overcome the faith I had in the fear and doubt that said, that's a waste of time. Nobody's going to do this. And how are they going to find you and X, Y, Z, right? Each step of growth, I had to overcome some fear and doubt. Like, this may not work. But this is, this is the case in anything, creating something new.
1: And initially, you also mentioned the work ethic that you developed when you were a very young child. How does that play in? Because I would assume that if you have this strong work ethic, it's a little bit easier to follow through with your action.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, I had the work ethic. Yeah, I remember I remember the day I'm like, okay, I've, I had this clunky website. And I'm like, okay, I have to redo this because I need it. I need to put a blog on it. I need to put a podcast on it. can't ask my friends. Like, okay, I'm going to hire somebody and outsource this and kind of be beholden to them doing anything I want when I wanted it done, you know, or I'm going to go do this myself. And I sat with that decision and I'm like, okay, if I want it, if i got an event, I got to post, I'm going to be beholden to their schedule and always being paying them. And it's like, like, this is not hard. I just have to like decide I'm going to go do this. So I went to the <laughs> went to the store. I got a book to guide me through designing my own website and I started doing it and brought it home and I'm like, started doing the tutorials and I'm like, okay, I got to go figure out how to do this.
1: And at that point you said I had to do the actual coding. This is like 20 years
0: ago. <laughs> how do I how do I code? Well how do I do the templates? How do I copy pages? How do I build these uh, tables? <laughs> okay, I got to do links. And then I'm like, okay, so I got a website. and It's like, I need traffic. Well, okay. I need to. I need to figure out the search engine optimization. Like, how do I do that? So I'm like, okay, go to work, start reading about search engine optimizations. Yeah, all these parts of the business. They're like, I just want to teach and deliver this content, and I'm like, but I spend eighty percent of my time more on like business side of it.
1: Yes, because you need the eighty percent to get somebody sitting in front of you and being like, Gary, please.
0: Coach me. Yeah, I got to do, do the 80% so I can do the 20% that I want to do and that I'm good at, so.
1: But maybe quickly go to your offerings because I know you do one-on-one coachings and you were also mentioning the online courses like with the, you have one co- coming up where you are teaching the willpower, so that one you were mentioning.
0: I'm doing I'm doing a series of free trainings just by donation um, right now and they're posted in what I call the self-mastered community, the same places where the courses are. And it allows us to have a forum for discussion and conversations and breakout groups and things like that. Uh, To that, you can get to that by going to my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. So there's the online courses. There's my book, Mindworks. There's my individual coaching. And then there's uh, the live events that I do, which is, uh, you know, like a a week long retreats intensives. For me, very life-changing. Those were the big, powerful changes because, In that concentrated intentful week, the the intent is have an experience of what it is to be free of your mind. Have an experience of what it is to be without judgment. Have an experience of what it is to just feel your love coming out of you or feel the love in the world. And you're like, because for me, when that happened, I was like, oh, that is possible. I could feel like that. That's like, that's not uh, something just a movie gives me, you know it makes me happy. It's like, no, that's coming out of me. I'm creating that feeling. And so those intensive experiences gave me the realization of like what it was to to be free of that cloudy, stressful, chattering mind and go, okay, that's possible. And I want that all the time.
1: And then maybe one question for that. You had the clouded mind in the past. Now you have the free one. If you can describe it in like three, four words, like what is different
0: Question reminds me of a question I had for Miguel. Um this was probably within the first year of work and we were there's a Christmas party. You know, it's like all of those who were studying with him in a friend's house and celebrating Christmas. He was probably doing a, a retreat that weekend, and then this was the last day and we had his party and he's over there by the food table and I see him across the room. Oh, there's Miguel, and he's by himself. I can go ask him anything. I can get him to myself. And my mind goes blank. And I I, I can perceive my mind as just quiet. And it feels good just to be in a room with all these people. And I don't want to know anything. I don't need to know anything. There's nothing that I'm missing. There's no gap to fill. There's this peace and contentment standing there. It's like. Cause I, I was like standing next to him. Like I was absorbing his consciousness, like his conscious, like literally the cloud around me, it just got pushed aside and I was in his consciousness. And like, this is just peacefully enjoying perceiving, feeling the room as if, you know, we were, we were in nature looking at this beautiful waterfall. It was just, ah, but we're just looking at the people and the food and what's going on around. It's like in this beautiful enjoyment way. So simple, so simple, not needing anything not wanting for anything contentment and love for just being here i'm
1: like i get it that makes it worthwhile going after it so then i only have one question left for you who might should i have on the show
0: i have a son on the show miguel ruiz jr you know he's he's lived with him a lot and uh he he lives it he lives it also and he's written some great books that are about you know the practices and the transformation he's a great teacher who's put in his work ethic and work.
1: And one thing is also coming through in our conversation, like it always takes work. It's like nothing is free, like you always need to put in the effort to, to get to your goals.
0: Yeah. Just like the effort in building my business, you know, the effort to change my mind. I spent a lot of time, you know, up until you know, the first twenty seven years of my life, like building this mind and collecting ideas and beliefs and paradigms and building this bubble around me, cloud and fears and judgments and opinions that then, okay, that then I had to like go transform that takes uh, effort. But the rewards for me, I look at that and go, I did that work. I was like very intent on that work. And eventually I realized why am I working so hard at this? And I'm like, cause I know the results I would feel that day. Like, okay, if I had this fear, what other people think of me and my judgment about something. And it broke. I broke free. Like I was free of it, not just that day. I was free every day after that. And I was like, so we so yeah, had this continual reward dividend coming back for every change I made at that belief system level. That thought and judgment never came back. So this is the difference so like, okay, if we're moving thoughts around or like, oh, I've, I've got this thought and I'm going to get rid of the thought. And I, so I go think about something, but the next day, the thought comes back. It's like, okay, I got to get rid of that thought. I'll think about something else. So you're always kind of like, you know, it's like having a, 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 flying a plane and the autopilot is set to take you South when you want to go North. Right? And so every day, every day, you're like, I've got to take the manual wheel and I've got to fly and hold it and fly north because my autopilot is set to go south. Right, And if I, if I lapse my attention for a little bit and take my hand off the wheel, my life goes south. My brain goes south. My emotions go fear and judgment. It's like, okay, I can take manual control, but I get exhausted and I'm too tired. Okay, I'm back. Right, But if you reprogram the autopilot, the level of the belief system, so your autopilot is flying north. Longer a struggle to travel. No? So when you make those changes at the program level of beliefs, changes are permanent.
1: It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you for having me and allowing me to share with you.
1: We know about the programs you're offering, but if somebody is curious to follow you on social media,
0: join join the Self Mastered community. That's where I'm going to be posting live events for the community. That's where I'm going to be doing free trainings. That's where my courses are. That's where you can ask questions. We'll have discussions.
1: And that's where we could also find out about Mexico.
0: And that's where you can find out about Mexico, pathwaytohappiness.com.
1: So thank you so much. So this was so, so insightful. And really, thank you for taking the time. I enjoyed it very much. Thank
0: you very much, Hannah. Thank you for allowing me to share with you. Thank you. Have a great day. This
1: is what I call a deep conversation. And it's one of those you can actually listen to several times. I just did that because I finished editing the interview and every time I found new nuggets, I was like, hmm, good information. I'm sure, I believe that the topic of changing your beliefs, emotions and thoughts is very important. Imagine not having a judgment as is the case for Gary, how freeing that would be. Anyway, if you enjoy the content of this show, help me spread the word. Share the link to the show with at least one person that you would like to see succeed. It would mean a word to me knowing that you support me. Thank you. With that, we are one step closer to reaching your goals. Talk to you guys next time. Bye.